A strong, authentic, and grounded Christian man always carries a strong sense of conviction. He's deeply rooted in his core beliefs, especially when it comes to the things that matter most, because he's altogether different. And I'm sure you know those guys who maybe have one or two in your life who lack any sense of conviction. Those are the guys who are quickly influenced by conflicting viewpoints, and they tend to settle for the status quo. They rarely stand up and stand firm when things get tough. And the truth is, a man who lacks conviction is also lacking in courage. He's weak and easily swayed by the world around him, and his resolve crumbles at the slightest hint of pressure. Now, on the other hand, a man of integrity, a man of grit, the man that we all are striving to be, that man is unwavering in his convictions. He can withstand the consequences of standing firm, standing his ground, even when adversity is before him. And these are the extraordinary men who never give up the fight, no matter the cost. They're always ready to march forward and engage even when things seem impossible. There's a famous quote that says, stand for something or fall for anything. And that simply means this. You either know what it is that you stand for as a man or any plausible argument that presents itself in front of you that seems reasonable is something that you will fall for. Now, men also need to remember that action is the only medium to express conviction. I don't care what it is that you say you believe in. I care about what you do. You know, people say, I can't hear you over the sound of your actions. Convictions are about what you do. And the ancient cultures actually understood this much more than we do today. There were Spartan warriors, there were ancient samurai warriors, and even the cowboys who knew that they had to stand on a certain set of principles, and we used to call them codes of ethics, whether they were written or unwritten. And those were the things that you would stand your ground on no matter what. And it really wasn't until recent where there was this search for individualism that gave way to the weak-minded and uninitiated men that we see today. If we look across the political, religious, or sociological horizon, we'll see so many things that really come against us and cause friction. And we really need to know and understand what it is that we stand for. We need to know our convictions and stand firm against whatever pressures come against us, especially when other people disagree with us. It was Winston Churchill who said, if you have enemies, good. That means that you've stood up for something sometime in your life because people pleasing is the thing that will stunt a man's growth more than anything else, period. That should actually scare you. Maybe too many of us are uncomfortable with having enemies, having people disagree with us, having people who might not like us. But you know what? There's one thing that I will not allow, and that's allowing the fear of man to get in the way of the fear of the Lord. And this really points to the fact that our convictions are onto God. And it was Martin Luther who once said, my conscience is captive to the word of God. You might be listening to this right now or watching it on video, and it's much easier to consume this and to consume any video that tells you what it is that you ought to think. But don't ever seek any commentary over heavenly insight. Because what man has to say matters way less than what God has to say, but it, it takes actually a communing with God a getting close to a seeking out and grappling with hard topics to actually find out and test and see and discover what it is that God has for you in certain areas of your life. And understanding that even within the body, different people will have different convictions over different things. Josh McDowell once said, having convictions can be defined as being so thoroughly convinced that Christ and his word are both objectively true and relationally meaningful, that you act on your beliefs regardless of the consequences. This will always be counterculture because to the world, 
everything that we do, everything that you do will look foolish. And that makes sense because first Corinthians warns us that people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it, but only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. And this is perfectly depicted by the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. Now to summarize the story of the fire furnace, it was when three Jewish men were brought before King Nebuchadnezzar and really accused of not bowing down to his golden image. And the king had questioned them and said, are you really not going to bow down? because your God is not going to be able to deliver you out of my hand. And they replied saying this, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your golden image that you have set up. Now that right there is something that takes courage, right? It takes integrity for a man to look at his accusers and to look at his punisher and say, no matter what it is that you're going to throw at me, I'm going to continue to abide by the convictions and stand firm on the things that matter to me most. And if you know how the story goes, they ended up being uh, thrown into a fiery furnace that was turned up seven times hotter. And by the time that uh, they were thrown in there, actually, it had killed some of the people who were putting them into the fire furnace. Now, the story goes on to say that King Nebuchadnezzar looked down and saw that there were actually four men instead of three inside of the fiery furnace. And of course, that was God's protection there with them. And after they came out, it says that the hair on their heads were not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire came upon them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the story started with the king demanding that they bow down to him and ends with really the king bowing down to the true God. Now, a question to ask and something that you have to think of for yourself and answer for yourself is when things get hot, when you are being threatened with the fiery furnace, what do you do? Because there's really three lessons that we can pull out from the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Number one, they were true to God in the entire thing. Their convictions were grounded on something much higher than just what they felt like that day. And we need to remember that because a lot of the times we're living in such a sensual culture where it is about our feelings, it's about our comfort, it's about uh, the things that make us feel good at the moment rather than a delaying of that gratification or going through hardship. But they were true to God in that entire endeavor. Number two, they entrusted themselves on into God's hand. They said, hey, if we're not gonna go ahead and answer you because God's gonna go ahead and deliver us, but in case he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. And then number three, we need to remember that God was with them in the trial. And that's why King Nebuchadnezzar looked down and saw that there were actually four men rather than three who were walking around unbound because God went into the situation. He moved in such a way where he was there protecting them in the way that he needed to. Now, this is important for us to remember because a lot of the times we think that we're going at it alone, but when we are standing firm on the things that God has given us as men to stand firm on, we know that we are not marching into battle alone. We actually have an entire angelic army coming with us. 
Now, it's important to note that you need to know your convictions beforehand because the time of trial is not the time to figure out what it is that you stand for. You understand that before the trial so you know that it is worth whatever thing you are being called to sacrifice, whether it's your career, your resources, your finances, your safety. Now, it's actually worth noting that standing in your convictions is actually a petri dish for growing character. Winston Churchill once said that you can measure a man's character by the choices that he makes under pressure. In other words, a man's character, your character, is put to the test when your convictions come under the scorching fire. One extremely helpful question to ask right now is, who are you under pressure? Better yet, let me ask you this. How much do you complain when adversity sneaks up on your front porch? How quickly do you fold when scrutiny bangs on your front door? And how easily is it that you crumble under consequences when it threatens to burn your house down? You see, St. Augustine would agree that such men just lack splendor. He goes on to say, there is another sort of man who under the same pressure, they do not complain because he knows that it is friction that polishes him. It's pressure that refines men. It's pressure that refines you and refines me. It's a man of conviction that will stand firm, stand his ground, come hell or high water. That is a strong and authentic man. His credibility causes other people to respect him and rely on him. That's a truly remarkable man. A man who stands firm on his convictions. Gentlemen, until next time, continue to march.